Hey guys, welcome to the bonus podcast. The last episode from the FIBA World Cup 2023, Manila. I'm joined by Ritis Vishnauskas, Augusto Shulauskas. Um, I'm not sure if you hear the noise around, but everybody's leaving. A lot of excitement in this room. I've just came back from the press conference of German national team. I felt basically the same way like Gordon Herbert. He folded the paper, the stat sheet, he threw it out. Then the shooter did the same, and Herbert just was just sipping the beer all uh, uh, all the time in the press conference. Complained a little bit about Filipino beer, but was enjoying the moment. And I was just happy to see this guy, you know, celebrating because watching him before it felt like it was such a draining, tough experience for him. But now, you know, the relief is gone. The beer is taking all over the place and. It's time to celebrate. Either you're a German fan or just basketball fan in general. I think it was a wonderful World Cup. How, how, how do you feel about the competition? We finally have the world champions, you know, I think. You know, from the Denver Nuggets, now Germany are the world champions. And uh, uh, I love the moment uh, of Dennis and coach Herbert celebrating uh, after, right after the game on the court. I thought it was a beautiful moment. Um, we saw how they were fighting in the what quarterfinal game, uh, or was it or was it even before? But it doesn't really matter. But now they are celebrating together. Um, Germany was a great story in this tournament. I thought they showed that teams still win in uh, in basketball. They had so many different guys. They had a nine, ten man rotation, and I thought everyone had their say in at least any game, you know, even Maud Law, who played like less than 10 minutes today, he had a couple of great games. Andreas Obst, a lot of, you know, uh, depended on him in the semifinal. Franz Wagner missing a lot with the injury, stepping up big in the final. Dennis Schroeder was always that same constant, the leader. But, you know, Voitman, amazing in and out performances throughout the game. I thought Daniel Tice was one of the best, you know, all around guys on the floor, you know. Not only his defense, but also his ability to, to shoot the basketball, to beat closeout. So, uh, Moritz Wagner was amazing coming off the bench, you know. So, I thought uh, Germany team was a real victory for team basketball. And, uh, yeah, to, today was a great game. Today was a great game. Um, it's probably going to be our lowest quality podcast because of all the noise and and, and really bad uh, Wi-Fi connection. Uh, I'm, I'm literally sitting in a darkest corner of the media room, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm really happy about about the last day here uh, in Mall of Asia. Uh, I'm really happy with the final that we witnessed some high-quality basketball. Uh, amazing effort from both sides. Uh, first of all, Serbia deserves a lot of respect uh, for their performance in the whole competition but even in the final although they lost but they just lost in a battle they, they never gave up uh, and they were close to a really superb comeback uh, they were down 12 but in the fourth quarter they did all the right things to, to, to be back and they actually had the opportunities to tie the game to maybe force an overtime uh, but again Germany uh, led by Daniel Schroeder, an amazing point guard, an amazing player, and with so many role players stepping up today, uh, they 
deserve this win. Uh, to me, uh, two names that I want to mention, uh, Johannes uh, Forkman and uh, Isaac Bonga, two role players who did a lot of things today, defensively and offensively as well. And, uh, and of course, Saugis already said what a talented team they have, a quality team. And the emphasis is on team, once again. This is a real team. I think uh, up until the final, they basically got there because of their quality on offense, which was clear to see in the semifinal when they beat Team USA. But in the final, what actually got them the win, in my opinion, uh, the ma major reason for that is, is actually their aggressive defense and the way they were working on defense with their legs, with their hands. And it all starts from your leader once again. So we we will talk about Dennis Schroeder as the MVP. We will talk about his averages, his shooting percentages and all that. But when your best player has the willingness to guard the other team's best player, it's, it's, it's just special. And it reminded me of, of the Warriors-Lakers series when he, at some point in the series, he just said, I got Curry. So the, the guy has this mentality that he not only he wants to to lead the team to victory, but he also is willing to do the hard work on defense. And, and, and I think he did an amazing job on Bogdan Bogdanovic, especially in the second half. I thought I thought this move, you know, to start with uh, Dennis on bogey, I was OK. This is this is this is really serious, you know, because you have Andreas Obst, uh, the, the let's say the direct matchup with, with with which would be okay this is shooting guard versus shooting guard on that team but uh or you know Franz Wagner putting a bigger body but your team leader who has the highest usage rate on offense who basically he, this guy took 26 shots in the, in the quarterfinal game so Today, he took 17 shots. The, the, the amount of drives he has during the game, the amount of energy he has to spend on the offensive end is just amazing. And this guy played 34 minutes today and defended Bo uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic for the whole game. And he was glued to him. And I actually thought that this was uh, a really nice decision. And I, I'm not sure. I would be interested to know who decided that. Did Dennis said, you know, I got bogey or did coach Herbert was like yeah we will put Dennis on, on Bogdanovic I would be really interested to know that but this guy played 34 minutes scored 28 points and was amazing you know in off-ball defense because yes Bogdanovic had what 17 points today uh, a lot of those the majority of them in the first half but uh, the shots he made was extremely tough ones and it's not like those shots were easy plus Germany were switching sometimes on on the offense so he didn't score much on Dennis and when he scored even against him or other guys it was ex just extremely tough shot so uh kudos to Dennis for 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 performance of both sides of the court and you know Dennis MVP MVP Nish goes even beyond the floor uh I mean Gordon Herbert said a very good thing that this whole journey started in 2021 September when he decided as as soon as he got the job to coach the German national team he went to meet Dennis Schroeder he he drove to Braunschweig they spoke for like three four hours and now you can see like the press conference you can see the pictures how how they managed to vibe with each other 
then just now he's so proud of like teaching Gordon Herbert new words like shout out giving a shout out it, it wasn't Gordon Herbert's thing before but we could see that Dennis also made an impact but what I want to see that what I want to say that there was a moment especially last year in 2022 during the Eurobasket Dennis Schroeder was a free agent and there was a moment when NBA teams seriously questioned uh, his ability to implement into a winning squad uh, his ability to to be not the main guy of the team and I would say his personality I think that personality was questioned his character his mentality but after that Eurobasket you know he shined as a real reader of this new German national team group and then he got the job in the LA Lakers and now 2023 he's the MVP of the tournament he leads the team uh, plays very great all-around uh, game and there was this game against Latvia which made me also feel bad about him uh, about his decisions uh, during that game but we all remember what was the reaction of the teammates if Dennis Schroeder was an asshole nobody was about to you know try to hug him to try to you know to cheer him up and say hey man it's just won a game and we still have semi-final final to play and you're gonna you know bounce back and you're gonna shine as as, as you can and that's what happened so uh, the whole thing, the whole Dennis Schroeder thing, the whole German national team starts from that conversation. The way they managed to build a team, the real team, the real group is, is something else. And I really enjoyed following this German national team. I feel proud and privileged that I had a chance to follow them from Köln, from Eurobasket, where Lithuania played in Eurobasket. And I saw their first official steps in that tournament. I fell in love with that team from the, from the tip-off because of their game. Uh, let's say by European standards they were different they were free they were exciting and then of course meeting those these those personalities not only stars Schroeder was great Franz Wagner is, is just a unique kid but then guys like Maudolo Johannes Thiemann I mean I want to be in that bar where they're going to celebrate because this is a special group of guys hey you know uh, in these last two years, I actually fell in love with Franz Wagner. I can't help it. He's just becoming one of my favorite players so quickly. I, I can't remember myself admiring a 20-year-old or 21-year-old as much as I do admire Franz Wagner now. Maybe only Luka Doncic could, could compete in that. But now we're finding the other side of Luka Doncic and we, we're sometimes saying, hey, man, there's this side what we don't like and, and Wagner to me just seems like some perfect professional basketball player created in some laboratory in, in, a, in the dungeons of Germany where, where some mad scientist said, well, look, now I'm going to create a perfect basketball player from all the uh, German players we had in the past. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little bit of Dirk, I'm going to have a little bit of Detlef Schrempf or I'm going to have a little bit of somebody else. I'm just throwing names now and and to me he's like he's capable of anything and also he has it, it just seems to me i don't know the guy but it, it seems to me like he has a perfect character and he is more mature than you would expect him to be at this age so i like i i'm in love with franz wagner i must admit it hey uh th there's one sequence that stood out to me today about franz wagner I think it was the third quarter where Serbia just had an amazing defensive possession. Like they were denying off the ball. They were 
Germany couldn't play their set. It was, I don't know, maybe five seconds left. Germany had few passes. Basically, the ball is like eight meters away from the basket. And Franz Wagner just takes the ball, has a couple of seconds to invent his shot, to do something, and just nails a long three-pointer that swishes the net. And I'm like, this gotta hurt so much for Serbia. They they just played an amazing sequence of defense, the one they showed, you know, in the semifinal. And and they tried it again to in the second half, but that three-pointer, I thought was... Okay, this is Fra France is France is not joking around today. France is here to win the title and you know, you mentioned his age and I think his age is what will allow us to see Germany dominant in in Europe and in the whole world not for only this competition, but they they are here to stay. They are here to stay. You know, it looked quite impossible that Germany will be world champions of basketball 10 years ago even with Dirk Nowitzki because they didn't have as many good players, you know, they had one amazing pl player in Dirk, they didn't have as much good guys around, now it's not only Dennis, it's not only France, but because France is so young, Germany, I think, are here to stay for a, for a long, long time in, a, in the basketball, you know, elite. And you guys already mentioned, but I just also wanted to give, you know, another shout out to other players, of course, a lot of uh, many people will talk about Dennis Schroeder, the MVP performance. We're talking about Franz Wagner. We are not going to stop, you know, being in awe of him. Uh, Daniel Thais was great, but I mean, I just love their role players so much. I mean, throughout the whole competition, we were talking about Andreas Obst, Johannes Tima, today Isaac Bonga. You know, Isaac Bonga, he was regularly hitting at least one corner free. Uh, through, throughout the game, uh, in every game, and helping his team a lot, and these defensive plays, these blocks, you know, him being as so tall and guarding, you know, best offensive players of the other teams. And today, I mean, Johannes uh, Feutman. I I'm not sure if I ever saw a better defensive performance by uh, by Feutman. Of course, for the record, we have to mention that apparently Nikola Milutinov suffered an injury in semifinal, and he was playing through injury. Uh, but I mean, the way he stopped, the way he played defense, how emotional Foytman was, he was flexing after defensive stops, after defensive plays. I mean, I, I was just so, so proud, you know, to see him uh, contributing uh, this way. And that's in my eyes what made this German team special. They had the right role players that always stood up in, in important games and helped those leaders like Dennis Schroeder and uh, Franz Wagner. Hey, it's good that you you've mentioned Foytman and and in more detail, let's say, uh, summed up his performance today because I think there was, there was also one really huge moment in the game where after one of Avramovic's uh, three pointers, Serbia cut the cut the deficit to four points, and Germany responded with Foytman hitting that corner free, and that was really big. That was really big. At, uh, I think it was like a short roll for for Daniel Thais, and he threw the ball. To one corner, they switched the side, and they found Johannes Voigtman in a good spot of position. But knowing the fact, Voigtman didn't necessarily have a good season in Euroleague. It, it seemed like he was kind of lost in, in Milan. And last year, even though they won the bronze in, in Eurobasket, Johannes Voigtman wasn't that great. He he's known for for the ability to stretch the floor and shoot, but in the Eurobasket, 
in Berlin, in Cologne, he wasn't shooting well. It, at some point, it, it, it seemed like he lost his confidence. And that translated to his season in, in Euroleague. But now in the World Cup, as you said, when you play so hard on defense, it's probably easier for you to do something good on offense. It's, it's just how it works in this in this in this game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we could spend as much time talking about every role player as we've spent talking about Dennis Schroeder or Franz Wagner being being the key players, let's say leaders, uh, best scorers, or whatever. Because without a good team, they couldn't do it. It, 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 it wouldn't be possible. And it's like Germany doesn't even have, let's say, all the best players they could have. But they have the best players that fit together. Because if you take each player separately, you could say, well, maybe they could upgrade Timon to Hartenstein. Or maybe they could uh, add Maxi Kleber or, or Thibaut Pleiss or whatever. But coach Gordy Herbert just, just picked the best group of guys that click together. They're good in the locker room. And they're pretty good on a court, I have to say. So, sorry that I'm laughing. I just love your German pronunciation, man. I You're was really about perfect. to say the same You're thing. You're really perfect, bro. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to say the same thing, Maxi guys. Kleber. Like, Maxi Kleber. Maxi Kleber. And it's Feuchtmann, not it's Feuchtmann, <laughs> not Feuchtmann, actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to be better for the next year, okay, Iritis? But like, nah, nah. I, I just I just hope German people are really appreciative of how you're trying hey, to pronounce hey, their name. Hey, August, do you remember how we wanted to start a podcast? I mean, Germany is now the world champions of basketball. They won the FIBA World Cup. Yeah. It's a huge thing. It, it should be a huge thing in Germany. But in the middle of the final, uh, the German Football Federation fires their head coach Hansi Flick and I believe that all the headlines in Germany are now about Hansi Flick being fired instead of uh, German bas men's basketball team being uh, the world champions uh, how, I'm, how I'm just so frustrated this? about that can how you can just you wait this? for can you just fire him tomorrow in the morning I mean why you have to do that just taking the, the the spotlight from 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 basketball even in their this has to be Germany's greatest moment in basketball, like world champion. They have never been world champions. So definitely right, right now, tomorrow morning and it, the newspaper of tomorrow morning. I really want to see that. I hope somebody, I don't know, sends it to me on Twitter, but I don't think it's going to be a headline of uh, basketball. Our world basketball team is world champions. It's going yeah. to be probably the head coach is fired. But hey, I, I, I also want to share something. Uh, I, I collected some print screens from Twitter from uh, German football stars celebrating this this victory, and that's a there's a great tweet by Mats Hummels. He says, "World champions of Germany." <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I saw uh, Nikolai Batum saying, uh, "Congratulations, uh, Germany are the champions of planet Earth," or something like that. <laughs> So and you know uh, and and you know also on on a more serious note, I I actually wanted to start a podcast by by saying these things, but I'm gonna say now since we're in a minute twenty. Uh, shout out to Ognian Dobrich. It should be so tough for you to get injured in the almost basically the first play in a final in the most important game of your career. 
and not to be able to help the team that that must hurt but that's part of the game unfortunately uh to whole serbian team as i said they deserve a lot of credit and these tournaments are actually about players like avramovic about players like Jagers, about all these guys that you don't really think about them during the season i don't think the name avramovic was mentioned more than once in any of our podcasts during the Euroleague season, and all of a sudden, he's oh, the guy. Which is a difference. That. He's a thing. He's a meme. Yeah, I mean, he, he had his moments during the season. But he, did, he, would, you know, did we really talk about him different. during the season? Yes. Okay, man. Maybe we we, we mentioned him. I, I believe. I believe. I believe we talked about his pressure, defensive pressure. That's for sure. During he the had season, so many good, great moments. Okay, maybe I don't, I don't remember that, but it, it, it's not just about his defense. As I, as I said, also after the semifinals, offensively he started carrying the team in the fourth quarter. He started making some impossible plays uh, that you wouldn't normally expect from him. Uh, that one free pointer over Tice. Uh, then he has the confidence to shoot another one over Folkman, uh, Folkman, and and get and he gets fouled. And where does he have all this energy? I mean, I don't think there are too many players that could play at this at this rate for let's say four or five minutes. And he was doing this for the whole second half because it wasn't a particularly good game for Stefan Jovic, their starting point guard. So Pesic had to play Avramovic even more. Uh, uh, than usual, so it, it, it's, it's crazy. I really thought that Serbians, you know, lacked. You know, uh, we we mentioned Dobric and his injury. We said Milutinov was playing for injury, but you know, Serbians also said that Bogdan Bogdanovic, I thought, play, was playing through the flu or or whatever illness he had. And despite his amazing f first half, you know. Obviously, any Serbian w w will say this, that they, they lacked Bogdanovic in the second half. And it was not only, I think, it was not only uh, Germany's defense that was amazing, but also I thought he missed some shots and then he was... I, I just wanted to be him more um, willing to take these tough shots, you know. I'm happy that Alexa had this game, you know, he was carrying the team, but I just don't expect a guy to be 150% playing defense and then uh, lead the team for 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. Like, it's just not impossible to get back to play this defense, to score the points and then to get back and then win the game all by one player. So I thought Nikola Jovic was trying to do a little bit too much in the second half and after missing some good looks, he was really hesitant on in closeout situations. He wasn't looking at the rim when he got an offensive rebound. He wasn't looking to shoot the ball as much in the second half and Germans used it. And uh, with Bogdanovic, you know, not having the ball, not looking, not looking at the rim so often, Alexa had to, had to do everything. But I was like, without... Prior to knowing that Bogdanovic was playing through illness, I was like, man, I wish, I wish he, he he would, you know, he would have the ball more. He would try to do more. And and as I was like, Philip Petrushev post ups or or Davidovic's, uh, you know, playing uh, beating a closeout is not going to beat this Germany team. They're just they're just too good. So, well, and I, I just feel very bad for Marco Gudrich. He had this open corner free. 
in the beginning of the last minute. He had at least a couple situations where he could easily finish and in, in one place. Instead, he, he missed those shots. So it was a very tough, it was a very difficult game for, for Marco Gudrich. And uh, like, in, uh, I remember that we were emphasizing that in the quarterfinal and the semifinal, these Serbian players, almost all of them, they were stepping up and helping Bogdanovic uh, to lead the team because usually Bogdanovic was doing his greatest greatness in the first half, like scoring almost 20 points, and then guys shared the, the lead. In this game, it felt like both Milutinov, both, uh, both uh, Gudrich, some, some other guys, uh, Jovic, it wasn't the best night uh, for them offensively. That what maybe Team Serbia uh, liked. But I mean, it's really hard. I mean, Dobrich, it, you can imagine how better they were about to try to play defense against Dennis Schroeder than now. I mean, you can play uh, like against Shea Gilgis Alexander. You can uh, put Dobrich on him. Av Avramovic is bringing his own energy. It's a way different uh, volume of defense, uh, of uh, defensive effort thrown onto Schroeder. And now you 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 miss uh, uh, Dobrich in the opening minutes of the game. You have this heavy load for Avramovic on both ends of the side. It's It really hurts. I mean, and especially when you don't have Bogdanovic and, at his 100% health who also can play very good defense so these circumstances for serbia were really tough and they managed to stay in the game that's yeah. another crazy part uh, about this team and as much as we were happy about germany as much as we're celebrating their win because they deserved it so much i mean if the result, uh, if the score was uh, on serbian side we would do the same with serbia because of the uh, of the challenges they faced, the way they surprised everybody and this team efforts, uh, resilience until the last moment. Amazing performance and, for Serbia. And, and you know what? I think that Germany had the best pick and roll coverage that Serbia faced in, throughout the tournament. Because let, let, let's see who they beat in, in quarterfinals and semifinals. Like in quarterfinals, they faced Lithuania. Not a team that's known for guarding the pick and roll very well. Actually, that's one of our weaknesses. Canada, they're very physical. They're very good in man-to-man -man defense and in various situations. But not necessarily a very good team guarding the pick and roll. And Germany today just did a great job uh, defending the pick and rolls. That This is part of the reason why Jovic was so empty and... In some situations, they even managed to steal the ball to read the passing uh, passing lanes, and I think that uh, Germany has all the tools to be a really good uh, pick and roll defending team. And in in today's basketball, I think that's huge. That's that's very important, and you need guys like Tice uh, to be good at this. And and they do have not only Tice; they have other players. Uh, as well, so yeah, that's, I, I think that's also an important uh, part of this final. I'm, I'm sorry about all the noises; it's kind of kind of disturbing me a little bit. But also, what I wanted to add, and maybe you will have your takes on this: these knockout competitions we're all will always have a what if storyline, and I think Germany faced these what if situations in every stage. Of the of the knockout, I'm I'm talking about the knockout stage, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the finals. Because what if Davis Bertans makes that shot? What if Anthony Edwards makes that shot? And what if Marco Guduric makes that shot? So 
these these competitions are so tough because in the end it might depend on on one moment on one shot one opportunity this is everything you ever wanted <laughs> <laughs> i just improvised you you're just casually dropping eminem okay now okay now this is this is the last day this is the last day of the world cup you can you can feel it here <laughs> And you, and you know what's you know what's really disturbing is that on the WhatsApp uh, media chat we received a message that the media working room which we are in, in right now is closing in 15 minutes so <laughs> we kind of have to rush Fif this podcast 50 or 15 15 yeah 15 I mean, not 50 I mean you could you could do 25 you could do 25 Come on, guys. I'm, I'm trying. I'm actually uh, when I'm the, trying, Jennifer. While Ritis is, is throwing some Eminem lines, uh, I'm trying to handle this uh, business with the media officer here in All Philippines. Right. So we'll see. I'll try to get at least 15 more minutes. Okay. I thought I thought the pick and roll defense of Germany. I mean, just their versatility. You know, um, obviously, they their plan was was clear we were we are going to risk when bogdanovich is okay donatas uh <laughs> they were risking you know from stevan jovic obviously in the beginning you know he was missing he was missing some shots and he was not the same stevan jovic that hit three three pointers and one step back against lithuania and uh it, w it just wasn't his day and losing dobrich hurt a lot i thought in pick and roll creation um with Bogdanovic being pressured so so much and uh, but Germany's ability to change defensive coverages let's say they were switching a lot in the first half they said okay uh you have so many offensive weapons Serbia we are going to try allowing you to expose these mismatches but we are going to make it hard for you and and they did that they were scoring some hard buckets in the second half they were playing either switch or either drop defense and you know uh i thought their help side coverages of germany were extremely on point today extremely timely we saw bonga getting some blocks we saw wagner uh being crucial on help side defenses and just all the guys there were so many moments where serbia seemed like in a good position to score but they didn't and Germany had a chance to run in, in the transition which is a huge weapon for France for Dennis for for this high volume shooting team and just so I thought their ability to mix up the the defensive uh, strategies was was huge today and one more thing I wanted to add about Voigtman I thought you know even on the last play now I remembered you know when Dennis scored that layup uh which was basically you know the, the dagger in this game Voigtman was playing a center and uh, Nikola Milutinov was guarding him and he was the first defender on the strong side while Dennis was driving right and you know this is because of Voitman's shooting you know Milutinov is not under the rim Milutinov is like the first guy to do the stunt which is he is not used to doing and because Voitman is even standing a bit uh, uh, further down the line it was so much space for Dennis to drive and even with Alexa being an amazing defender you know if you are leaving any guy any player on the planet one-on-one -on -one in a in a speed battle speed battle with Dennis Schroeder uh I'm not I'm not really going to go ag against Dennis in this situation so just 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 tells you how much how well they are structured uh around each other this german team guys bad news <laughs> i mean they're not going into any negotiations so we have to close it in like seven eight minutes so 
I think we said enough about impressive journey of Germany and Serbia. I just wanted to hear your very short takes about Canada, USA. From my from my side, there's just one thing. I think that I'm actually so proud of Dylan Brooks, uh, of his all around greatness in the the most important stages of this competition, starting from the game against Spain, 22 points, these three pointers, uh, crucial defensive plays. Then there was this Luca game, and now for him to finish the tournament with 39 points, seven three pointers, and to turn the booing into MVP chance. I mean, I was I was I was impressed really and I really feel how much he joined this campaign as he said also that it was not about the contracts, it was not about the politics inside the team. It was just about playing pure basketball and he enjoyed his time playing under Jordi Fernandez. So, you know, this booing to MVP thing probably is the first time when uh, when somebody was booed and later, you know, uh you know escorted out of the gym with the mvp chance since rocky balboa and the ivan drago fight uh, in in russia so that's huge in my eyes is that's huge hey but this uh, bronze medal game even even though it is a bronze medal game it had a really bad nba early stage regular season vibe uh i, I i'm sorry i i enjoyed like the last five minutes which Seven i usually minutes. do Seven minutes, yeah, and the and the overtime, which yeah. which is usually the case when you watch uh, a random NBA regular season game. Uh, so yeah, I was kind of disappointed with that, and you could sense that something's something's gonna be uh, something's gonna be wrong when when you see that Paolo Banquero is not suiting up, Jaron Jackson Jr. is not suiting up. It didn't feel like Team USA was treating this bronze medal game uh, as a as an important game. Maybe Canada had more motivation. Maybe Canada wanted it a little bit more, and and maybe Dylan Brooks had a had a point to prove. So they deserved the bronze medal more, definitely. Of course, there was this spectacular Mikael Bridges play and and, and everything. But I, why I don't the hell? Think, yeah. Why the hell Dylan Brooks are is going for a rebound when you know, I, I don't know they're man. going to miss? I was like, oh my god! I don't know. Although, again, even though he grabbed the rebound to make that shot. You have to be a hell of a basketball player. So, yeah. it, but it, I don't think this game deserves too much attention on our podcast. It, it's a high-scoring game. Yeah, we had an overtime. Yeah, we had fun for five minutes. But those first three quarters were, were unbearable, honestly. And 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 yeah, it was the most casual third third place game I think I ever witnessed because they were not playing defense for 32 minutes it meant a little bit more for canada but but you know they were still playing a, a longer rotation so and and august you're into analytics like you're into breaking down games was tifker coaching today or i mean come on i mean he 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 had like what eight guys on on the okay, rotation okay he had nine, nine so. guys but but the fact is like you're trying the small ball it obviously hurts you in the beginning of the overtime and then you're putting bobby portis on the court when it's already too late and 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 canada basically hits you all the time where it hurts the most like they want to attack austin reeves so in fiba game you're allowed to make these offense defense substitutions when there's less than two minutes to play and he does mm -hmm. not use that it, it didn't really seem that he's bothered to, to think about these small details that might actually help you uh win the game look we are we are really surprised about this but you know 
Team USA is playing a different basketball and, and I think that was one of their weaknesses, you know. They're not using fouls before bonus. They were switching a lot, but they're not fouling in the post. And th this allows easy scores. This allows so many easy scores for Germany. I'm not talking about today. You know, they're not making these substitutions. That's also a little detail, you know, that could help that you mentioned. And it's just, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe, you know, a European, European coach or European whatever could help them in these tournaments, you know, because... I mean, it's clear little, to see... It's clear to see that they have more than enough talent. When you see Edwards making those Dwayne Wade-like shots or Mikael Bridges with his trailing mid-range shots and three-pointers and, and everything else, you, you see that they have more talent than any other team. But this year, they just couldn't become a real team that plays winning basketball. And I'm kind of disappointed also with their approach for this the third-place game. You're still playing for the medal. I know it's bronze, but... In the past, in let's say Athens Olympics or 2006, they were beaten in, in the semifinals, but at least the guys were up for, for bronze, so managed to take that. Uh, just show some pride, I, I mean. I mean. That, that was a very interesting conversation, sorry, I just missed it because like six volunteers were taking selfies <laughs> with me, so the entire time. <laughs> I mean, we we really have to wrap it up because we have hey, to leave this up, room. Hey, what's fourth member of our bonus podcast? Yeah, in two or three minutes we have so to wrap it up. Building. I mean, we said we said everything there there is to be said in my opinion. August and I shared some thoughts, and you were there having fun. No, I was. I, I actually heard everything <laughs> you said, and I agree with everything you said. But, but the last thing that I think has to be mentioned is how well this FIBA World Cup was organized. I've been. It's my. It was my first World first World Cup. I had numerous Eurobasket experience uh, experiences, and I mean. I, I fell in love with Filipino people. They were so great. They were so nice all the time. And as I said in the beginning of the competition, usually it's all about the people, not about the yeah. conditions, media workroom, internet, cable, Wi-Fi and, stu and stuff. It's all about the people. And these people made this whole experience uh, great. But this time it's not just about the people, man. I mean, the refereeing, the whole event organizing, media stuff. I mean... To me, it was it was a perfect uh, FIBA competition, and it's kudos to FIBA to all the departments because it was a really great event. And can I just say that the highlight of my my journey here was that yesterday, two random guys approached me at a bar, and they asked asked me for a photo because they thought I was Luka Doncic. <laughs> so that's that's my highlight. You, you know what was what was my highlight that people in Philippines listened to our podcast and they asked for selfies not just because I looked as Kristaps Porzinkis like in the opening day of the World Cup but but because they follow our content they follow YouTube uh, basketnews.com YouTube channel and they listen to, to our podcast so wow it's it was it was like interesting moment uh, let's say to realize to try to understand to realize that it was something else like my colleague uh, Lukas Manilowska says that we this podcast you know it took to uh, took us to some places like philippines i'm not going to share my highlight because i wasn't <laughs> there but it was it was a cool but championship were, i don't know what to say guys <laughs> you, you were doing freaking good job with these breakdowns man really Thank i've received you. a lot of feedback from the colleagues uh, from greece from other countries we see numbers uh, we see numbers we see the feedback in the comment section i mean you were killing you were cooking Thank you, guys. Thank you all.
so yeah that's about it you have it. to close it some way donatas you know <laughs> i don't know how to close it have you prepared I, any I, talk <laughs> i wish i had the can of beer like gordon herbert had just to sip it and just to sit down relax and enjoy this whole experience with the memories that's what we will definitely do with the co colleagues uh, after we will finish this podcast so once again just thank you all for following listening to it giving a feedback staying with us throughout the whole competition especially a big shout out to the whole basket news team social media video department writers both lithuanian and english editions they did, they did a huge job you know to please your basketball let's say uh, needs uh, and even more and even extra so huge that was huge follow follow us even after the turning yeah <laughs>